God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring, and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We have with us one of our very dearest friends, Catherine James, and we're going to have a discussion about the things that she has learned in her life that have freed her from judgments. You can be freed from judgments as well. We're so glad that you're with us today. Thanks so much for joining us. Before we get started, be sure to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, and have a look around and look at some of our other podcasts that we have there and subscribe to our email list if you're interested in hearing more from us, especially if you want to read some of our writings. And if you've got something that you want to share with us, how the Lord has touched your heart through this podcast or through any of our podcasts, email us at feedback at globaloutpouring.org. Feedback at globaloutpouring.org. We have with us today our very, very dear friend, Catherine James. We've known her for, oh, wow. I've known you longer than I've known Philip. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And Catherine and her husband, Don, have been heading up our youth department in our conventions in the years gone by and our youth retreats that we've had. And they've just been a pastor to our young people. And we've just so appreciated all that they've done. And they meet with us for our board of directors. Uh, Catherine is actually on the board and Don is as an advisor. So we just, we have relationship for a long, long, long long time. time. (laughs) And Catherine, we're just delighted to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you share some of the things that you have learned through the years. Coming from a background of no Christianity at all in your life, tell us a little bit about your background. I was raised by a precious family that did not know God. And in my search for God, even as a little girl, I would go into churches, and that's in the day when churches were open. Mm -hmm. And I would sneak into churches and just talk to God, not knowing how to get to him. Mm. And so when I started dating my husband, he took me to church to please his mother. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. (laughs) But unbeknowing to me, he was backslidden. Mm -hmm. Only I walked the aisle and gave my heart to Jesus. But at the time, I knew nothing. I was raised as a heathen. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know the scriptures. I don't remember. We didn't even go to weddings and funerals. Wow. I was never in church. Wow. And so here I am born again, but I, d- I just kind of add Jesus with the rest of my idols mm. in my life. <laughs> just like oh, a Hindu, wow. huh? Yeah. I just <laughs> added him up on the shelf. Now I'm born again. Okay. But I, but I didn't have the word of God, and I didn't know how to apply the word in my life. And then you got married. Tell us a little of that story. Well, we got married, and for the first couple of years. Yeah. Well, wait, wait, wait. You just up and got married. Yes. Like, you didn't have a planned wedding. (laughs) No, we just got married. (laughs) (laughs) Like, did anybody know that you were going to get married? Yes, we took um, his mom and dad with us and went to the Justice of the Peace and 
got married. And that was it. And that was it. Wow. Oh. Yeah. So so it's not like you ran away and eloped. No, his mom and dad knew. My mom and dad didn't. Oh. They had just moved and bought a home for the first time in their life. Mm. And so the plan was we would tell them later mm-hmm. and maybe even have a wedding. We didn't know what we were going to do. We were young. Don mm-hmm. was in the military. And so we just decided to get married and... His mom and dad cried through the whole thing, and <laughs> I don't know what the justice of the peace even said. <laughs> you just said, I do. I did. I just said, I do. And then when we walked out of the courthouse, I began to cry. And Don said, what's the matter? And I said, I don't feel married. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> it was a rough beginning, but it was okay, because God had his hand on us. Wow. I'm very grateful. So he was in the military already yes. at that point. Yes. And you got sent to where? Well, we went to Pensacola first, and then we went to the Azores mm-hmm. and lived there. And we basically, Don, when we ended up in Indiana, would take me to church once or twice a year at Christmas <laughs> and Easter. Yeah. And you thought that was great? Oh, I thought it was wonderful because I was in church two times a year, and I knew God must be really pleased with me. <laughs> it's a good thing they didn't depend on you for tithes and offerings. <laughs> well, when we got into the Lutheran church, all I had ever seen in the Baptist church was people would put a dollar into oh. the offering plate. Oh my. So that's what I did. I gave a dollar every month. And at the end of the year, they gave me, gave me this sheet uh-huh. that said we gave $58 to the church, and I bragged. Because I couldn't believe we were faithful to give a dollar every week and a little bit more. Well, he he was faithful in little things. (laughs) There really are precious people out there that do not know how to get to Jesus. Yeah. And we have to always be mindful of that. Yeah. Because I'm right here in America, but I didn't know how to get to him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember something about how you got to that Lutheran church. Tell us that story. Oh, my. Um, my little girl, Tanya, two and a half years old, had a friend that was three and a half, and he was telling her Bible stories. But I didn't know if they were true. I'd heard about Noah, but I didn't know this guy, Moses. <laughs> and I certainly didn't know. I knew about Christmas and the nativity, but I really didn't understand all that it meant. So here's my little girl telling me Bible stories. Mm-hmm. So I march into dawn. And I go, honey, you went to church all your life, but I don't know these stories, so you need to take us to church. So he said to me, great, I'll do that. You find me a pastor that can keep me awake, and I'll go to church with you. Now, there is a backstory to that. Don, Mama, and Daddy were always in church, but Papa would sleep in church, and he would start snoring. And so Mama would poke him, and then he'd go, yeah, baby, yeah, baby. Right in the middle of church. (laughs) And so Don did not want that to happen to him. So I ran my, I didn't know how to find a church. I didn't know that churches were different. I thought church, God. Okay, that's just how I looked at church. All churches should be God places. Right. So I ran my finger down the yellow pages and I found this pretty picture of a pointed roof. And in the midst of that was Pastor Kemsky, Ralph Kemsky. So I thought, well, I'll call him. So I called him, and that day his secretary was gone for the day. Mm. So he answered the phone. So I said very quickly, I'm Catherine James, and my husband said that he'll bring me to church 
if you can keep him awake. Well, he laughed and he said, you know what? I think I'd love to get with you and your husband. I think I can do that. And he did for three and a half years. Wow. Oh, wow. So he, he gave you some foundations. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. As a matter of fact, every time I would go up front and kneel and take communion, I would be weeping because for the first time I understood the wine represented the blood and the bread represented the body of Christ. And I would just weep at the altar taking that, that Jesus would do that for me. Yeah. And yet many times I felt self-conscious because nobody else seemed to be crying, but I would cry <laughs> mm-hmm. because it was just so real to me. That's it. Yes. It's and about he, reality. And he told the best stories and he would weave the word into it. But somehow he may have taught it, but I missed the part that I was supposed to be reading the word every day. Mm-hmm. I didn't know to do that. Okay. So again, I kind of stalemated. In my relationship, I'm born again, mm-hmm. and I'm loving the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this church loved my husband back into the kingdom. Glory mm. to God. Oh. That's beautiful. He yeah. did. He did a marvelous work through my husband. Wonderful. So then you got moved someplace else. Then yes. what happened? Yes. Well, I, we, we went to Newport, Rhode Island, and it's there that I began to realize that my husband was going to go back on a ship. Mm-hmm. And that was a trigger in my life that I did not want my family to go through what I went through. Oh, and your dad was in the military. Yes. And so I began to seek God to take him out of the ship part of the Navy and mm-hmm. put him back in security. And I prayed that in Indiana when we were in a church there, the first church that we just spoke of. Mm-hmm. And God said, no, but I didn't know that God said no. So I took it as God rejected. Mm. I took it as rejection. Okay. So now I'm in a whirlwind of not understanding what God is doing in our life. Mm -hmm. But God had his hand on us. Mm -hmm. And as I continued to seek God, I wrote to somebody back in Indiana and was boohooing. And she said, Mm -hmm. you get yourself in a Bible study and you do it right now. (laughs) And so I quickly found a Bible study just eight houses away from me. Wow. That's that's, God convenience, isn't it? Yes. And someone there who was filled with the Holy Ghost heard God that morning to come to that Bible study. And she came for two ladies. Wow. Another lady and myself. And she would talk about Jesus as if she was married to him. Wow. And it scared me to death. (laughs) She would talk about how much she loved Jesus. As a matter of fact, the ladies in the Bible study would not even allow her to pray. But afterwards, we'd have coffee and donuts and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And she would talk about Jesus. And I would come home and I'd say, honey, she talks about Jesus like she's married to him. And I kept being drawn to her, though. And so, but I I couldn't approach her. So I would like act like I was talking to someone else and I would be half listening, but I would be listening to her and her testimonies about her relationship with the Lord. Wow. And so in the process of that, um, one day I was at an officer's wife tea Mm -hmm. and I heard come out of my mouth, would you like to come to dinner? 
<laughs> and before it was out of my mouth, and she said, we'd love to. So she was an officer's wife. Yes. Okay. And so I said, well, just a minute. I need to go call my husband and make sure this is okay. Of course it was okay. But I was terrified. I had connected with her, and I didn't know how to unconnect. <laughs> so I go to the phone, and I call my husband, and I go, I've, you know that lady that I said loves Jesus so much that she acts like she's married to him? I just invited her and her husband over for dinner. He said, well, that's okay, honey. It's not like we're going to marry them or anything. <laughs> They're just coming for dinner. It's okay. I said, oh, oh, okay. Well, they came for dinner, and we had a wonderful time. Mm -hmm. And we talked about, because remember, I'd been in the Lutheran church for three and a half years, and I was the lay minister in our in our church in Lafayette, Indiana. Yes, ma'am. Oh, wow. Yes, I, I was like the welcome wagon lady. I couldn't have led anybody to the Lord. Oh, but I God. met every Lutheran student that came and gave them a basket of goodies. And I worked for our church oh, my on goodness. campus. You miss congeniality. Yes. And so, <laughs> well, that's, that's another true. story. <laughs> okay, so she comes to dinner, and we're having a wonderful time. She's talking about the blessings of God, and I knew God, so... I could talk about the blessings of God, yes. Mm -hmm. And so when she left, she turned and looked at me and said, do you like to read? And I said, yes, I love reading. She didn't know that I was desperate. I was crying. I didn't realize I was even having suicidal thoughts. Really? That I needed to take my life mm. so that Dom would have a hardship discharge and be allowed to raise our daughter. Mm. And so she asked if I liked to read. And I said, yes, she's went home that night, got two books, and brought them back to me hmm. and gave them to me. And one of the books was They Speak in Other Tongues. Wow. Hmm. That was done by a reporter that wanted to prove that this speaking in tongues was not of God. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know the rest of the story. Of course. You found <laughs> out it was. It was. That's right. And then the other was Shirley Boone, Pat Boone's wife, mm -hmm. and her life with her husband, which was how she came to the Lord, and I could identify with her story. Wow. I read one book in one night, wow. and I read mm. the second book the second night. Oh, I was my. desperate. Wow. wow. I wanted more of God, and now I knew what I needed. So I didn't know how to get that. So Then what happened? Well, I went to my pastor's house one night at about 1030, and all the lights were out, and you know you don't wake up pastors. <laughs> so I sat outside and looked at the moon on his front porch and cried and said to the Lord, I don't know how to get this. I, I don't know how to get closer to you, and I'm just crying. So one Saturday, we went. Uh, a friend of mine, we went shopping in the area, and we got finished really early. And the only time I've ever heard heard, I believe, an audible voice, is I had dropped her off, and as I passed my church, I was going to a Lutheran church there, a very unfriendly Lutheran church, hmm. might have something to do with the fact that I cried every Sunday because I was missing my church back in Indiana, oh, oh. but that's okay. So um, you're in Newport, Rhode Newport, Island. Newport, Rhode Island at this point. Okay. And so as I passed the church, I heard a voice that said, turn in, and I obeyed it. I just whether it was outside of my head or inside my head. I heard it loud and clear, and I turned into the parking lot. It's Saturday. I don't know why I'm there. So I go down to the office. The door was open, so I go down to the offices. They were underneath the church, and our pastor was there. 
And as he stood up, he's about six foot four. Mm. And I'm thinking, oh my God, what do I tell him? Why am I here? And as I looked at him, I must have looked like a deer in headlights. I looked at him and I said, I don't know why I'm here, but I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know how to get it. And he laughed and he said, (laughs) interesting. My wife has just taken me for six weeks to the Catholic Church, and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit Wow! two weeks ago. Glory to God. And that was the beginning. Wow. And the next Sunday, my husband, who, when I came home, I said, I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he patted me on the head and said, that's nice, honey, and went up the stairs. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And so... The next Sunday, we're in church. People are climbing over the pews to welcome us. We've been going there for nine months. Oh, my. Wow. And we couldn't get out of the church. Everybody was talking to us. And in the process, when we get in the car, Don said to me, I don't know what happened to you, but I know something is different because that was a sign and a wonder to him. That we had been faithfully going there for nine months and nobody had paid us any attention. And all of a sudden, we were so welcome that it caused him to begin to get curious Mm -hmm. about what I'd gotten myself into. Okay. Mm. And that that takes us to Jacksonville, Florida. Okay, so that was the next place you ended up. That's right. Okay. And so as we are in Jacksonville, Florida, Mm -hmm. we, of course, immediately went to the Lutheran church Mm -hmm. because now I'm spirit filled Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do vacation Bible school or something. (laughs) I'm learning the stories that my little girl told me. And so we're going to this Lutheran church, but in our neighborhood, it was a brand new neighborhood. About 30 houses had been built at that point. And everybody we met kept saying, you need to go to Beaches Chapel. And we would say to them, have you been to Beaches Chapel? They'd say, no, but we think that you would like Beaches Chapel. (laughs) They didn't know it themselves? No. I'm telling you, it was supernatural. Yeah. Wow. So we kept calling Beaches Chapel on Sunday morning because, you know, church starts at 11. You know, it doesn't take very long for you to become religious. Okay. Go down that trail because I know where you're going. Okay. Well, in Luke... 15, there are three stories that are told. And the reason they're told is because the Pharisees did not like the fact that Jesus was fellowshipping with sinners. Mm -hmm. And so he tells three beautiful stories that if you don't hear anything else in this broadcast, those stories reflect how much God loves us. Mm -hmm. So the first story is about the good shepherd. Yes. And he leaves the 99 to go for the one. Yes. Because we are precious in his sight. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't, he doesn't send... someone else. Yeah, yeah. He goes himself. And that's a good word study. Mm-hmm. If you will begin to search out himself and all that he did for us. Yes. Himself. He died. He was the bridge to connect us to Father God. Yes. And so... The next story, which we know the first story is Jesus about himself. Mm -hmm. The next story is a woman who loses a coin out of the ten. And she searches frantically for that coin. 
And I believe that that's the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's good. Because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit wants to draw us closer to the Lord mm-hmm. and also reveal our value. Oh, that's good. To who we are in God. Yes. Because if you realize that every coin has an image on it, mm-hmm. what is the image we carry? Oh, that's good. We need to carry the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's exactly right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And then the last story is about the father mm-hmm. and his battle. Mm-hmm. The prodigal, most of us can identify with the prodigal son, but the elder brother, mm-hmm. I believe, is the church. Mm-hmm. Because what's the elder brother battle? Mm. It's becoming critical. Mm-hmm. Watching the father rejoicing over the sinners coming home. Mm -hmm. Amen? Yes. But we have to understand the elder brother. The elder brother, he is watching the father every day looking for the son that has taken his inheritance and just thrown it away. Mm -hmm. But he forgets that he's in the very presence of God. Mm -hmm. The prodigal loses provision, Mm -hmm. but the elder brother loses the presence of God. Wow. He's sitting in church every Sunday, mm-hmm. but he's beginning to take for granted and not receiving what Father God has given him. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. quickly we can become critical of our brothers and sisters in Christ. The way we avoid becoming the elder brother, because we want to be older brothers and sisters in the Lord. We want to be good examples. So how did Paul not get a bad attitude. How did Paul fight the good fight of faith? In 1 Corinthians 15, 9, he says, and this is 10 years before he dies, for I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Then seven years later, he says in Ephesians 3, 8, to me, the very least of all the saints, the least of all the saints. Paul is saying this about himself. And then two years later, this is one year before he dies. He says in 1 Timothy 1.15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am chief. He's saying he's the chief sinner a year before he dies. He's going in the right direction because Paul realizes he said, I die daily. Mm -hmm. I am crucified with Christ. I nail my fleshly desires on the cross in first Corinthians two, two, for I decided to concentrate only on Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. It's not about us. Mm -hmm. It's about him. And the elder brother became self-righteous because it wasn't about Jesus. It was about him. And so as we fight this good fight of faith, we have to realize that like Paul, we must decrease Mm -hmm. so that all the glory goes to God. Amen. Good word. Mm -hmm. Very true. Very, very true. So then what happened, let's get back to the story, because you were starting to talk about this new church. Beaches Chapel, Mm -hmm. when we go the first Sunday that we're there, they have just put the floor in of the gymnasium. Mm -hmm. 
And so they have this Jericho march, and they're marching around. (laughs) And then they're dancing and prophesying. We don't know what prophecy is, but we do know and recognize at this point the Word of God. So later Don said, I don't know what they were doing with the Word of God, but they were speaking the Word of God. Different people were standing up and speaking the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So he, he recognized that prophecy was the Word of God. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yes, yeah. because he was raised in church. Right. He probably didn't realize this is prophecy. No, he didn't call it prophecy, but he knew it was the word of God Mm -hmm. that they were speaking and that something important was taking place. Yes. And so I'm in church. Remember, I'm now spirit filled. Right. I'm Mm -hmm. in church, but I don't have a foundation in the word. Right. And so I'm sitting there going, oh, God, if you'll get us out of here, I promise I'll never come back. I promise I'll never come back. They're crazy. They're just doing wild things. They're acting like that woman that. You, that God used to talk about Jesus like she, he was her husband. Mm-hmm. And now these radical people are just jumping up and down and excited <laughs> for Jesus. And I just told the Lord, if you'll get me out of here, I promise I won't come back. Well, my husband was put on a ship that was being uh, made an example of. And so he was working long hours and only having 12 hours off in between. Wow. And working like 36 hours at a time. Mm. And so they were making an example so that other ships would realize if they don't get this done, Mm -hmm. then they were going to be put on the same kind of schedule. And so he had horrible schedule. And we walked out of the church and I looked at him and I said, well, what do you think? And he said, I don't understand it. I'm intimidated. But for the first time, I can face my week. Wow. We're coming back. And my next thought is, how do I tell Don's mom Hmm. that we're going to this kind of church? Well, that was the beginning of the greatest adventure of my life because the word of God was taught continually. Yes. Mm. Didn't they have like Bible school? Oh, yes. I was in church six days a week. Wow. And I would learn the word of God. And then when Don would come home, I would teach him everything I had learned. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit was beginning to work in his life. He was beginning to study the word because he had begun to read this book called Prison to Praise. Yes. And Therefore, he was beginning to search the scriptures, and together we were beginning to share, and we were in church continually. Wonderful. It was a wonderful uh, season in our life where we were under the Word of God and was learning the Word of God and learning how to divide the scripture. I remember I was in a Bible study with ladies, and they were constantly being examples to me about how to be a mother, how to be a wife, according to the Word of God. And I would come home and I'd think, well, I don't do that, so I need to do this. Mm -hmm. So I would begin to incorporate. So please don't underestimate the example that you are in God in society because you don't know who's watching you. That's true. And so uh, I began to learn how to do things. And then my spiritual mother began to make us teach the Word that we were learning. Mm. Oh, that was another. I mean, my first teaching, I had 40 scriptures, very little to share in between, but I had 40 (laughs) scriptures and I would go from scripture to scripture to scripture trying to to share a principle. Good. And they endured. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but the word of God speaks for itself. That's right. And and the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Absolutely. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So 
just saying the word will make a difference. It did make a difference. It was changing our lives and changing how we lived, changing how we thought about things, Mm -hmm. began to break the lies of the enemy that was speaking to us. Mm -hmm. We had no idea the things that that we needed to walk out of. And that took me to the word, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And what measure you melt, it shall be measured to you again. That's in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. And the second scripture is Luke 6, 37 and 38. It says, Judge not that you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you met with, it shall be measured again to you. And then in Hebrews 12, verse 15, looking diligently, least any man fail of the grace of God, least any root of bitterness springing up troubles you, thereby many being defiled. Wow. Mm. As I began to realize and God began to work in our lives, he began to prepare us for the ministry. Yes. Now, I did not know we were being prepared for the ministry. (laughs) And I thought we were going to be missionaries. Oh, okay. But God began to work out through a series of events. We changed our Bible study from a Saturday night, which 50 people came, to a Thursday night where 20 people came because he wanted to free us on the weekends. Mm. Mm, And I thought it was preparation to go to the mission field. I went to go to the mission field. Right. Okay. By this time, you had met Sister Gwen, our our founder, and she was talking the nations, the nations, the nations. Yeah, she's my third spiritual mom. June Lewis was my second. Yes, we. And Chris Falkenberry was my first. Yes. Sister Gwen came and imparted vision that went far beyond anything I could imagine, Mm -hmm. and and actually planted inside of me a desire to reach people. Mm. wherever I was. But I thought that also meant that I would go to the nations, which I did eventually. But at this point, I thought we were being prepared for missionary work. Mm -hmm. And so we began to go out on Sundays to minister. Don would minister in the morning and I would minister in the evening. Now, this is the late 70s, early 80s. So we never hid the fact that I was a teacher and a part of the ministry. And so the first time we went to Georgia, there was this After the evening meeting, the elder asked my husband to come and be the pastor. Wow. Wow. And I came across the table, and I'm not usually this demonstrative, but I came across the table and said, no, (laughs) no, we are not called to be pastors. (laughs) And Don laughed, and he said, brother, let's look at this like we're courting, because we look at our commitment like a marriage. That's very good. Mm, That's that's great wisdom. And so he said, let's come. We'll keep coming. And in six months, let's reevaluate if this is a fit. Anything that we do in God, we see as a commitment. And until God releases us, Mm -hmm. then we are committed Mm -hmm. and we will press through because that's what I had been trained in through the word of God. Yes. I love that about you, too. (laughs) And so we went for six months. (laughs) And yes. 
he became the pastor and I became the pastor's wife. (laughs) And so in that process, we had a man come to our church and he looked at Don and he said, after the meetings that he had in our church, he looked at Don at dinner and said, you're angry. And Don said, I'm not angry. And he said, yes, you're angry. What are you angry about, brother? And he began to reveal the principle of what I just was reading about mm-hmm. judgments. Wow. And so as we counseled with him ourselves, mm-hmm. and began to have judgments exposed in our lives, things that were tripping us up mm-hmm. in our walk. Mm-hmm. So what are judgments? Yeah. Judgment is a final conclusion. Oh, there you go. You make a decision. This is the way life is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how does that work? As a child, mm-hmm. you look at your family mm-hmm. and your dad's a drunk. Mm-hmm. And every Saturday he's drunk. And at some point, judgments don't just happen overnight. Right. Judgments take time. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you get persuaded. Mm-hmm. This is the way life is. Right. Mm-hmm. You reach so, that conclusion. That's right. And that's the end of it. That's right. And you have just placed a judgment inside of your life mm-hmm. against your father. So 10 years down the road, somebody says, I saw your dad at church Saturday night. And you're thinking in your head, no, that can't be possible. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> my dad is a drunk. Right. So this keeps tripping you up in your life until you realize you have to release that judgment. Mm-hmm. So how does judgments work? It's like a current of a river. Mm-hmm. When you are really right on with God and you are with God every single day and you've not missed your prayer time and you're following the word of God, then when you go across the river from A to A, you can swim against that current because you're strong in God. But all of us knows that we have days mm-hmm. that we may get up too late to have time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. We let the things of life come in and rob our time with God. Mm-hmm. And so we begin to just a little back away. And all of a sudden that current, you try to swim across that current and you start at A, but you end up at C. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that current begins to push against you and your walk in God. Mm -hmm. And that's why so many Christians don't realize judgments are real important. Number one, we need to repent. Mm -hmm. We need to forgive. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to release them because Mm -hmm. God can change anybody. That's right. God does the impossible. Yes, nothing's too hard for him. That's right. Absolutely nothing. And so we lock each other in. Husbands and wives can lock each other in. But that's for a different day. (laughs) <laughs> and so yes, that's an entire different teaching. <laughs> amen. But as we begin to learn to get free of judgments, then our walk becomes easier in God. True. Mm-hmm. Okay. As we learn to forgive and release people who have offended us, who have hurt us, mm-hmm. who have wounded us, as we release them mm-hmm. and recognize the judgment. Yes. And that trigger in us mm-hmm. that wants to say, this is the way life is. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry. God's changing every day. Yes. And we can walk with him in a new freedom. Right. And yeah. we don't have to be under the judgments that mm-hmm. we made as young people and, mm-hmm. or even as children or mm-hmm. as an adult. Right. We just have to be careful that we don't become the elder brother. Mm-hmm. Because when you become critical, you stand 
in a place of judging someone and bringing a conclusion Mm -hmm. that causes people to hear come because what you judge, you become. Mm-hmm. And it works against you and God. Mm-hmm. It works against your your relationship with your brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Okay, it works in your family. Mm-hmm. You can be the kindest person under the sun. But if you have decided that your mother was the most cruel person under the sun and you've not forgiven her, it will either work where you're in your relationship. You can be so kind and your children will see you as cruel. Ooh. Mm. Wow. Okay. We've seen this when, when, or the boss sees you as someone that's very cruel or you begin to see God as very cruel. Hmm. Interesting. And when you release yourself from that judgment, it then begins to open you up to receive the healing that you need from father God. Yes. The first 10 years I walked with the Lord, I was amazed at people who love father God. Hmm. You see, I didn't want anything to do with Father God. Oh. I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with Jesus like that lady mm-hmm. at the Bible study. I fell in love with Jesus. I got the vision. Mm-hmm. Jesus is coming back, and I wanted to be his bride more than anything else. Mm-hmm. I pressed toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. But when people began to talk about Father God mm-hmm. in that way, mm-hmm. I would back away. I love the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I received from the Holy Spirit. I could hear the Holy Spirit. But Father God was someone, and I never shared publicly. Mm. I am doing it now. Okay. (laughs) But I never shared publicly that 10 years. I think it was a good 10 years that I kept Father God back there on the back burner. Mm -hmm. And I realized that judgment against my own dad Mm-hmm. being very standoffish. My father was a good man, mm-hmm. but he loved his country and he loved his family second. And so country always came first. Mm-hmm. And I always knew that I was third. He loved his country. He loved his wife and he loved his daughter. But we did not, uh, we did not come first mm-hmm. in his life. The military did. Mm -hmm. And that's why I had struggles walking with the Lord Mm -hmm. and didn't realize that I had judgments against my father. Yeah. And when I released those judgments, it's amazing how kind and loving my heavenly father is. Mm -hmm. I love him now with all my heart. I'm so grateful that God loved me so much. He sent his son. Yes. I'm so grateful that Jesus left eternity to come and make a way that I could be connected again to Father God. And I'm so grateful in Jesus' wisdom, he sent the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to live inside of us, to help us to draw closer Mm -hmm. to the Father. Amen. I couldn't have said that in the first 10 years that I walked with God. Hallelujah. And I didn't know until I got free from the judgment that I had against my father. Wow. Wow. Amazing. That's amazing. And once that was forgiven and I released my dad, because my mom and dad, who did not know the Lord, they did the best they knew with what they had. Right. Yeah. And six weeks before my mother died, my mother accepted the Lord. Praise the Lord. And I have peace 
that God communicated with my father. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Wow. Amen. You know, Beautiful. if you don't forgive, you, you won't, won't be, be forgiven. forgiven. Yeah. That's right. And you don't even realize that you're holding unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. But judgments are unforgiveness. Yes. And we have to forgive. Yes. Because if we don't forgive, my goodness, the word of God is clear. And if you don't know what happens to you when you don't forgive, you start beginning to read concerning forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And you'll begin to realize how important as a Christian we must forgive. Right. Right. God will take care mm-hmm. of the issue. Right. It doesn't mean that you have to trust the person who hurt you. No. It doesn't mean you have to bring them close to you. You can keep them at a far distance. But but until you release them, it's like you've got an albatross around your neck. Exactly. Mm. It, it's going to kill you. Oh, it just opens the door for the enemy to do mm-hmm. all kinds of things. It's true. But once we release them, then it's no longer between you and them. It's between them and God. Right. And you no longer have to be concerned about it. Right. You forgive them and let God take care of how he's going to deal with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And isn't it true also that if you're holding a judgment against someone, you're kind of keeping them in a prison as well? Oh, absolutely. If you want to be free yourself, you release that person and then God can work with that person. Exactly. But but you're it's like you're putting them in a cage when you have a judgment over them. You're putting yourself between them and God. Mm -hmm. And that's a terrible place to stand. Yes. When you forgive them, then you remove yourself from between them and God. Mm -hmm. And you allow God to be God Mm -hmm. and work in their life. That's beautiful. Amen. Amen. Well, would you pray for our people uh, that are listening in terms of, your experience in, in being free from judgments and, and that the Lord will give them the grace to free others from judgments. And then would you give them something to do before they put their head on their pillow tonight that will help them to grow and help them to get free and help them to get free from judgments? Father God, we thank you for what you're doing in the earth today. And for all that are listening, Father God, We just ask you to come and begin to open our eyes, give us ears of understanding, reveal through your word how we can be free as we forgive others, how important it is, Lord, to begin to have an understanding that goes beyond our emotions and that your word is true and eternal. And when we walk in your word, Father God, you bring us into life and that life more abundantly. So, Father, I just thank you to touch hearts, do what we can't do. Open our hearts, Lord, to embrace you. Open our hearts, bring the right laborers into our life that will help us see. And Father God, allow the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to us in ways through your word that will reveal how to walk and be free of judgments and other things that we get entangled with because we don't want that root of bitterness in us. Amen. We want to be free, Father God, to be what you've called us to be, a light that shines brightly and draws men and women and boys and girls 
to you, Father. Yes, Lord. We give you all the glory for what you've done in our lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 Wow. Hallelujah. We want you and Don to come and teach a little more depth about this this judgments because uh, I remember him telling me telling me about it years ago and I think I've been thinking we've got to have this teaching so I'd like to invite you to come to do one of our Friday night worship services we can do it by Zoom let's aim for that yes so, okay um what should people do before they put their heads on their pillows tonight tonight let's all ask God to visit us Mm-hmm. In such a way that when we wake up in the morning, we will be hungry to know him, mm-hmm. to know his word so that we can get closer to him, that we will desire to spend time in prayer for his leading and direction. Yes. And we thank you for that, Father. Do that as yes. far more. Because, Father God, you are so awesome. Yes. The more we get to know you, yes. the more we want to know you. Yes. yes. And, Father, my prayer has always been, Father God, bring me into a place where I'll know you like you know me. Yes. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us, Catherine. We really appreciate you so much. We love you dearly. I love you and Philip both. We love you. Thank too. you so much. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org. To find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.